Hey, Sales Lifts audience, it's Tyler Lindley, your host here. Today I have John Selig, uh, who is a half sales guy, half stand-up comic, um, which we're gonna dive into what exactly that means. Uh, but John is a, uh, a former sales guy who's now uh, taken up stand-up comedy and kind of combined his two passions together. So uh, John, what does that mean? You're, you're half comic, half sales guy. Is, is that even possible? What does that mean? Oh, it's highly possible as evidenced by the fact that the third part of my LinkedIn tagline is all parental disappointment. <laughs> so really what comedy writing for sales teams is, it's a, it's like a part sales training, part crash course in, in writing jokes, but not for the whole world, but very much for our prospects. So how can we as sales professionals demonstrate to our prospects, hey, we really understand you and we understand the problems that you struggle with, one of them just happens to be something I can help you with and do that all through a nice breaking joke that captures people's attention and is highly relatable for the prospect. Hmm. Gotcha. Do you feel like sales reps are naturally funny? Do you find a lot of people that you're training, they are funny or do you th- is it like pulling teeth trying to teach a sales rep how to be funny? That's a good question. I'll give away some of what I talk about when I work with sales teams. Why not? Let's just give it all away for free here on Tyler's podcast. <laughs> so I believe that humanity, not just sales reps, humanity is divided into, into three types of, of you know, buckets, shall we say. And I, I like to you know, show a bell curve when I speak to sales teams. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of the bell curve uh, is in the middle. And on each end of the spectrum are two little tails. And so if we look at the tail on the right, I basically go, this is a person, this is the group of people who are quote unquote, naturally funny. And those are the people with the life of the party that everyone like just finds hilarious. They always have the right thing to say in the moment. And um, that's a very small percentage of people. Those people aren't even naturally funny. They have a certain level of intelligence, life experience, it's the people they grew up with, their family, all that shapes their ability to be quick in the moment and quote-unquote naturally funny. And that is not a thing that I teach and I don't find... I think it's sales or, or, or you know, coders or HR people, maybe not HR people, but that's a whole different discussion. But just regular people, a certain percentage of them are quick on their feet and yeah. very funny. So it's almost they're more witty than funny. They're just quick thinking. They can uh, come up with things right off the cuff based on what they're hearing versus like, they're, they have a good joke or they have good, good tagline. They just naturally pick that up in conversation, it sounds like. Yeah, and it's all about being spontaneous and not overthinking it and also maybe having a little more courage to not have a filter sometimes, <laughs> which you know has to be, you got to trade carefully with that, but I'm talking about the people who do. And then in the middle of the bell curve where we have the vast majority of humanity, I ask my, whenever I'm delivering a workshop, hey, round of applause if you've ever laughed at a joke repeated a joke that you heard on uh, TV from a comedian, sitcom, maybe in a movie, maybe a friend told you like what we call a street joke, one of those old timey jokes that we, that we hear and gets passed around. And, and I asked the crowd, round of applause if you answered yes to any one of those questions. And everyone typically applauds. And I go, great, that's because you guys all have a sense of humor. And uh, maybe you're not always quick in the moment, but you could be trained to deliver one joke over and over. And they nod at me. And then I go, but on the, the left hand of the bell curve, very tiny tail represents uh, a very small percentage of people. And these are people who suck. And these are people <laughs> who, what they just, uh, it's not to pick on them, but some people don't like to laugh. And it's, I think right. it's a very small percentage of people. 
we're not always going to win with everybody when we, we try and tell them a joke, which is why I help sales teams write jokes that paint powerful pictures about challenges they're struggling with, which we as sales reps just so happen we can solve those problems. So even if someone doesn't laugh, it's still meant to convey a very powerful business point or shine a light on a challenge that the prospect is struggling with. So even if they don't laugh, at least it's highly relatable to the audience. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And it sounds like most of the time you're probably dealing with two people in the middle of the bell curve where, you know, someone, they both have a sense of humor, at least somewhat, maybe to varying degrees. But, but I think in those circumstances, the goal is to get a laugh, John, to get somewhat of a laugh, get people to let their guard down. I'm assuming early on in the conversation, I use it as a rapport builder. Is that what you're typically trying to, when you're trying to introduce this or is this, do these jokes fit in at any point in the conversation? Uh, I'm going to say yes to both of the things you just said. So okay. uh, look, when I came up with Comedy Right for Sales Pros, I, I was wearing my hat as a former Oracle and Oracle partner sales rep. Mm-hmm. So I was selling professional services or uh, usually ERP or uh, data warehousing solutions, which is still a term. I don't know what the hell that means, even though I sold it for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And so I always thought about, let's say I was in a room and I was doing a big presentation because I'm one of the three vendors they're considering. And it'd be a group of like middle-aged people and they're all sitting there with their their arms folded. And I knew sometimes that I am the third choice and that some procurement person, there's that magic word again, procurement is making them look at three vendors. They they already know who they want. They did look at another vendor as, as maybe a bit of comparison. And I'm there because I'm what we call column fodder. Like they have to go through the process. And so I realized they don't want to be here. They have other things to do. They think they know who they're buying. Their arms are folded. And I would use like a joke early on to get them to unfold their arms, which is not dissimilar to when you're doing open mics and people don't know who you are. They're judging you for the moment you grab the microphone and go, hey, everybody, what's up? And so our job as comedians to get them to unfold their arms and to give us some of their attention. So uh, when I started this, it was meant to be like definitely for icebreakers live and in person. However, if you think about it, once I started working with sales teams, um, if you think about it, not only can a joke that makes a powerful point be used as an icebreaker, but every prospect that we talk to is a different audience. So maybe, for example, uh, I'm trying to work with you and I cold call you and I hit you up with a joke that was, I call roasts the prospect's pain and shines a powerful light in a problem that you're struggling with. You laugh and you say, you know what? I'm not the right guy, but I'm going to introduce you to uh, my boss. Mm-hmm. When I speak to your boss, maybe I don't hit him up with that joke in the first 20 seconds of the call, but maybe 10 minutes in, when we're getting to the meat of everything, uh, I slide the joke into conversation and, and it helps build rapport, but it helps us be, uh, show ourselves as subject matter experts who are making really, like I said, niche, powerful points uh, through well-crafted jokes that only our buyers will get. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like almost joking in a less gimmicky kind of a manner. You hear some of these jokes that some SDRs or folks prospecting might use and they're, can I just have 30 seconds of your time and you can decide after then where it is, it's almost gimmicky. It's not funny. It's just, you've heard it so many times now that, that you're automatically your guard goes, I think even further up when you hear something like that. It sounds like it's a joke that relates to 
a potential pain point they might actually have. You've done your research, the industry, you've talked to similar folks, and these jokes would resonate, um, whether it's a cold call or whether it's in the middle of a discovery call, these jokes would resonate at any point in the conversation because you've actually done your homework, uh, which is probably a big part of being funny and writing good jokes is doing your homework, right? Yeah, and the doing your homework is all about being relatable. So when I perform stand-up, there's all kinds of, I don't know, TV shows and bands that I love. I'll just tell the story. I was in San Diego. I was doing some stand-up, and there was a guy who came on stage, and he was like, I would say, 30 years old. And he was telling really brilliant, crafted jokes about 90s Britpop bands like Blur, Suede, and Pulp. And I was laughing at the back of the room. I'm on the show. I'm not a paying customer. But all the paying customers, none of them were laughing. Why? Because they were either like 20 years old Mm -hmm. or they were 60 years old. So he didn't really read the room. He didn't know his audience. And when you think about it, our prospects, every time they they answer a call, they open up an email, they engage with us on LinkedIn, they're our audience. And we have to demonstrate, we have to show them that we really understand them, right? And that comedian ultimately didn't understand his audience. He didn't know how to relate to the younger people. He didn't know how to relate to the older people. And he lost an opportunity to win a bunch of fans. So step one is clearly understanding who is our audience, AKA our our prospects, who are our buyers, you know, what are their loves, their, their, their hates, their wants, their needs, their fears, and most importantly, challenges. And how do those challenges and roadblocks which you can help them with map to all those emotions I just listed. So once we understand who our audience is, it's then important to figure out how can we turn that pain and help demonstrate that we understand how that pain is going to impact them, uh, both from an emotional perspective, but also a business perspective. And how can we highlight some of those risks or consequences, impacts of not solving the pain in a joke? Or how can we just go and describe how much that pain sucks Mm -hmm. because good comedy is very often predicated upon um, tragedy. And there's another expression I like to think about because there, you know, comedy equals tragedy plus time. And there is another expression, which is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, never making adjustments and expecting different results. But in business to your prospects, comedy is is tragedy that keeps repeating itself. Hmm. So if I were to call you up and you're a CFO and I used to sell planning and budgeting solutions and a big challenge was a lot of companies are trying to close, sorry, they're trying to do their budgeting mm-hmm. in spreadsheets. And let's say you're the CFO and you've been going to the CEO, we need to change this as a, it's a spreadsheet driven process. It's, it's, it's loads of errors and we've gotten our budget wrong for the last five years. And the CEO is, nah, it's not a problem. We can make do. You know, if you call up the CFO and you you remind them of that problem through a joke and you paint a picture of what could happen if it goes wrong, they're just going to become your best friend mm-hmm. because you've not only made them laugh, but you've tapped into that, that challenge that's driving them absolutely crazy that someone above them doesn't want to solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So especially if you can relate it back to something, their boss, like you mentioned in the example, maybe their boss doesn't care about it or doesn't see the significance of it. That would really disarm them because they, they think, oh man, this guy or gal really gets me because this is the, this is what I talk about with my wife and my friends all the time that my boss doesn't listen to me, which is the perfect example of getting someone to put their guard down and buy in. Yeah. yeah. That's- no, and, and that, that's right. We also don't know 
if their boss listens to them or not, especially if it's cold outreach. However, if we can just show them like we're with you, we know how much this problem sucks. Is there anything we can do to help you with this problem? They, they might, they're going to want to talk to you at the very least, mm-hmm. whether or not you can get business done with them. That's the challenge of any good SDR. Let's say it's, we don't know if the deal's going to happen, but our job is to get the conversation started and get them to like us and to move to the next step with them to explore. Is there a way for us to help you? Mm-hmm. They will relate and then they'll be happy that we called because maybe you as a solution provider could give them the material and fodder they need to go back to their boss to say, that problem I've been yelling at you about for the last five years, here's a bunch of new reasons why we should get this taken care of. And it might open up that new internal discussion to get this problem solved, to make everyone's life easier. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. So uh, on this podcast, it's uh, a lot of the folks there we, uh, that we speak to are that listen are, are revenue leaders that are trying to scale up their teams. It might be marketing leaders or sales leaders or just uh, founders who are just getting the revenue teams off the ground. If you were going to be hiring the first few sales reps on a new team, whether it be an SDR or an AE or, or someone doing everything. Do you think those people, is being funny something that those managers should be looking for? Is that like a prerequisite? Or do you think that's, that this skill can just be taught and there's other skills that, that really lend themselves to, to being funny in, in a sales sense? First of all, no one should ever trust me to build a sales team, to scale a sales team. That is not my <laughs> company. So I appreciate the hypothetical question and we'll just, we'll go with the fact that it's hypothetical. Look, I think um, I, I entered this marketplace of like sales coaches and trainers and whatever you want to call people like me mm-hmm. a few years ago after having been away from working in a large enterprise for a long time and even really caring about sales mm-hmm. in a serious fashion. And when I got on LinkedIn, I was blown away by how the landscape changed. I was blown away how cold email is the prevalent form of, of SDRs. Like more and more of them are, are call reluctant, I guess you could say. Some love to pick up the phone, but it seems like there's an issue with call reluctance. And a lot of people lean on email and some gimmickier stuff to get attention. And I think the big challenge is, uh, I think a major challenge is not that you need to be funny. But I think we're seeing a little bit of a swing in the pendulum where companies have been spraying and praying emails and uh, SDRs weren't even writing their own copy. Um, Someone above the food chain is crafting it for them. And at the same time, if they're not writing emails and they're not speaking to people, how are they going to have real meaningful conversations? How are they going to build trust and rapport? And so while you don't need to be funny, we do need to recognize that sales at the end of the day is as corny as it sounds. It's a people to people game. And that we have to have those interpersonal skills to get people to like us, trust us, and, and find us credible all in one fell swoop. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think being funny is a prerequisite, but I think, full disclosure, I'm going to brag here, I think that, that the skills that come through trying to write jokes helps enhance your understanding of who your audience is. You're what I call your who cares. Uh, you're so what? Mm-hmm. So why should, you know, so what, who cares, this old sales expression? We know who, we know the who cares. But then the so what? Why do we matter to them? And then finding new ways to say things in creative ways allows us to break away from Buzz Wordington, as I like to, to call it, just that jargon that sometimes people in marketing put together because they think it sounds important. But I visit a lot of websites and I'm pretty tech savvy and I've been around the enterprise tech space for a long time. 
there's websites I go to. I'm like, I don't understand what the hell you guys do. <laughs> I don't understand what problems you solve, who you solve before I could put two and two together, but it takes some work. And so the process of writing jokes builds a lot of skills for salespeople to become better and more effective communicators. And if they can use the outputs of the process to make prospects laugh in cold outreach or on demos or discovery, it makes it a more pleasant experience for our buyers because it's, they're not being treated like a number they're being treated or a metric. They're being treated like an actual person. And I think that's been lost in this digital era of, in this era of one needing to scale really quick. Mm-hmm. There's been a dehumanization of our prospects. And I think in turn that leads to a dehumanization of sales reps. And I think everyone wants to have a good time at their job. Everyone wants to be satisfied. I'm a firm believer that maybe if we're trying to reach a certain level of profitability in four years, Maybe extending that to a fifth could be good for everyone's mental health and well-being, hmm. career development and growth, because a lot of people in sales, they're fresh out of college. And it's it's hard to relate to people who have been doing a job for 25 years when you're just being asked to blast out 100 emails a day and make 80 dials um, or have X amount of discovery calls. Like people think sales reps, their number one weapon is their communication skills. And the ability to listen, the ability to articulate back to our prospects what we heard, and ability to obviously solve problems, that's all great communication skills. And I feel that's being ignored a lot in the name of harder metrics. Yeah, no, that makes sense. One point you brought up... It was rambly, but I I hope it makes sense. (laughs) And one thing that you brought up there that I think was interesting, you talked about almost writing jokes uh, for sales in isolation, like a, a an SDR or an AE, like writing that joke just themselves that they could go take back. You also talked about, it sounds like you alluded to writing jokes collaborative, collaboratively as a team, maybe across different parts of the organization where you get a marketer and a sales rep and a CSM and the founder all in the same room. Do you find that one exercise is better than the other in terms of a sales rep writing a joke on their own versus a sales rep writing a joke with other members of the team, maybe in different departments? Is one better than the other? I don't advocate too much a sales rep doing it on their own. They can try. I think it's a great process. It's a good learning exercise. But as a guy who's been doing comedy nine, nine years, I have the value of open mics, where if I write a joke by myself, I'll go to an open mic, I'll, I'll spit it out to the audience. And if they're not laughing and their arms are folded, I'm like, I'll give this one or two more cracks, but I'm not so sure hmm. that this is gonna is gonna fly. I'm at least getting some input from someone, from a group of people at the same time. Let's say there's ten people in the the, the the audience at the open mic, and if I can make two of them crack a smile, I'm like, okay, there's something there. I just need to work on this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, sales reps don't really have that luxury. They're calling up or, or emailing prospects one at a time or discovery. I talk SDR a lot, but but it applies to sales reps too, AEs, or even customer success. Mm-hmm. But if we look at our favorite movies and sitcoms, it's usually written by a group of like a dozen people in a room. Mm-hmm. They're bringing their best insights and observations and understanding of their audience to the table. So I'm a big believer that I don't expect people who've never written jokes to nail jokes. However, if we can pool our insights and our knowledge and our understanding of of, of the buyer and the problems we solve and what makes us different um, because we all have different conversations with prospects and customers. And if we can bring that all to the table and come to a consensus 
that gives us a great starting point on how to write jokes and, and, and ultimately how to put them together. But the process of writing jokes, like going through that process on your own, will force you as an individual to think about who is my audience, why do I matter, why does my company matter to them, mm-hmm. and, and find new ways to, to possibly communicate and say new things. But I learn the most when I hear other people speak and say things. And I, I hear phrases that some industry folks use that maybe aren't used on their website. So working with other people, in my mind, is the way to get this done if writing jokes isn't your living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it sounds... Makes sense? Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. From what I'm hearing, it sounds like there'd be benefit of those different perspectives where you could bring in the marketer, maybe Buzz Wordington, um, and get them to think a little bit less that way. And you can bring in that sales rep who's just pounding the phones all day or pounding email or whatever they're whatever they're doing all day. But you could bring in that perspective. And then maybe the founder who has the vision of the company and where it wants to go in five years. If you bring those different perspectives together, maybe you end up with a more holistic view of the customer versus just the person you know trying to cold call or just the person trying to create creative and copy and just the person thinking about long-term strategy, all of those perspectives are probably valuable in conjunction with each other. Do you want to come work for me? Cause you just nailed it. <laughs> yeah. But, but to your point, if we look at like the way sales used to be, sales used to be you're a sales rep. You had to prospect, you had to close and you had to manage your, your customers afterwards. And today everything's segmented. And so if you're an SDR, you probably don't have a lot of insight into what the customers are saying to the customer success manager after they've gone live. So everyone's living in these silos. So bringing everyone together and having them share that their experiences with their prospects slash customers and the challenges at every step of before they bought all the way till the time they're, they're live or they're using a product or service and even bringing the marketing perspective because I'm a firm believer that marketers should be going through sales training just as much as an SDR or an AE because they're the ones who are, they're, the, they're trying to put together what will be the face of a company through a website and copy and social media. But very infrequently, from my understanding, are they actually speaking to customers themselves? Like in my old sales gigs, people were like, I don't want to talk to the customers. Just, just tell me what they said. I just, I don't want to hear it. Like, I don't want to get them a call. Because the, there's a reason why some people go into sales. And there's a, some, there's a reason why some people prefer career marketing. Mm-hmm. And that's not a knock on anyone. That's just we all have different personality types. And we're all, we're all prepared to deal with different kinds of people under different circumstances. But I think it's very healthy that marketers listen, get together in the room of salespeople and, and swap those insights. And same with customer success, same with support, same with uh, sales consultants who might do demos if you're in the software world. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of knowledge to be shared among these people, product as well. So getting all these insights and perspectives on the same page and cross-pollinating them can lead to ultimately a couple of good jokes, which an entire organization can then grab and use for impact. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a great point is that the entire organization can use these jokes. It's not like they can only be used on on this call at this point in the process. The you know whoever's prospecting can use them on the front end. Uh, you can use them during demos or sales calls or closing calls. The marketers can use them in, in copy and messaging on the site. These jokes are don't need to be siloed. Even if the teams are, the jokes don't have to be. They can move across different parts of the organization and should permeate. It sounds like the entire message because uh, you want someone to drop their guard at any point in the process, whether in your website or on the phone with you or reading a tweet. It sounds like these jokes can fit anywhere, John. 
Yeah. And so when I started as an SDR at Oracle once upon a time, uh, we were all saying, what did you do to get that customer on the phone? We'd share our opener or whatever worked. And before the whole team was doing it. So it went viral within the team before we even knew what viral was. And we're in a pandemic. So this is a terrible analogy. However, if, if I can hit you, hit you up with a joke and you're like, oh my God, that was brilliant. You touched on something that I'm struggling with. Yeah, I'll talk to you. And I can coach the person and the here I am, it's a pandemic and we're all working from, but the quote unquote, the cubicle, we're not even cubicles anymore. We're in open office space, but the colleagues sitting right next to me, mm-hmm. if they can learn how to deliver that opener with impact, look, these aren't going to hit you every time. You're not going to get a meeting out of every time. You're not going to close a deal every time, but you'll get a, a more people talking to you. You'll be able to start more conversations and have better and easier ones. Mm-hmm. And if we can just up everyone's success rate in that regard, just a little bit, it will have an impact on, on the team as a whole. And yeah, the, the goal is scale, scale one joke and then find a second joke and then roll it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the goal is to keep those jokes around a long time. You touched on the whole, Hey, can I have, I think you said 30 or 27, <laughs> whatever the number seconds. is these days. Yeah. 17 and, seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Something arbitrary. Yeah, I, I run classes for individual sales pros who want to go through this process mm-hmm. and I ask them, what's your opener? And seven out of eight of them deliver that line. Mm-hmm. And so if every buyer is hearing the same opener, then how original are you? How much attention will you get? Mm-hmm. And if you can touch them on a, on a challenge that, you're solving for them through humor and none of your competition's doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to remember you. They're going to, they're going to say you made my day. And regardless of whether that ends up making a sale or not, like you said, it makes more productive conversations, which I think as a sales rep, the more of those you can have, the higher your success rate will be long-term regardless. Awesome, John. I, I really appreciate you coming on. Can you tell the audience how they can find you online if they want to find out more about you? Yeah, absolutely. My, the best place is my website, johnselig.com. It's, there's no H in John, so it's J-O-N-S-E-L-I-G.com. LinkedIn is obviously a great place to find me. I encourage people to, to sign up for my content on my website. You'll see a button that says sales, comedy, weirdness, or something like that. And uh, I'm going to be producing, um, and I'll be sending out different videos and blogs I've put out, all kind of tied to this whole weird uh, overlap between sales and comedy. And I'm going to be producing some, some stand-up comedy shows over Zoom featuring professional comedians. There will be a sales theme to everything. Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely meant for sales professionals to have you know some fun after work, to grab a drink, to watch some comedians, and to get some good sales in the process. And these are comedians who have been on TV and have performed all over the place and uh, have great social media presences and put out good content. and. In short, they're, they're, they're much funnier than I am, actually. So <laughs> it's going to be a good time and uh, hope people subscribe. And then I could send some, in, some info on that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That sounds awesome. We'll drop both of those links in the uh, show notes as well. So feel free to check out John's site uh, and some of that new content he's going to be putting out as well as connect with him on LinkedIn. Uh, I follow him on LinkedIn and definitely some of that humor uh, comes through on there. It's uh, you're a great follow on there and, and I enjoyed enjoy getting to know you a little bit. Glad we finally got to meet in person. Thanks again, John, for joining. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for having me and stay safe, stay healthy and far away from me. <laughs> Thanks, John. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. You can find all the links discussed and the show notes at thesaleslift.com. That's the, T-H-E, 
sales, S-A-L-E-S, lift, L-I-F-T, dot com. Have questions for me? Email me at tyler at thesaleslift.com. We look forward to seeing you back here next week. And we hope today's show brings you the sales lift your business needs. Remember, ideas plus action equals results. You've got new ideas. Now it's time to take action and the results will follow. See you next time.